Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Ducks basketball, basketball podcast. Podcaster Reno. I am Freddie Revis, <laughs> feeling a little bit alone just uh, in that uh, um, intro there for a sec, but you, you came back to me. Uh, and and who are you, sir? I'm the producer. My name is Matt Duncan, and I'm feeling extra excited today. Because do you know what day it is that we're recording this podcast? I believe it is the day you bust out the snowblower. Wow. There is uh, some snow on the ground. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But uh, soon enough, the snowblower will be outside uh, roaring to go. But, Freddie, this day, 26 years ago, the hit movie Space Jam was released. Can you believe it? It's been 26 years. I haven't seen it yet. I thought you were going to say you watched it. No, no. <laughs> I'm possibly waiting for the 30th anniversary. I'm not sure yet. I haven't committed, but I only know the the ins and outs of the movie. But congratulations to everyone involved and the fans. Wow. Well, um, yeah. If you're if you're coming to us for the first time, or you've been here before, um, get in the comments. Ask Maddie D why he watched part of the movie uh, Space Jam and why he won't watch the rest. He loves movies. He loves TV. Uh, he really likes to, you know, kind of know what's going on in the culture. And yeah, total refusal to watch that movie. So um, just ask, ask away, I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let, let's uh, jump into it. Um, again, we're with Raptors Republic. We are a Raptors podcast. I think we're probably both feeling pretty loose here because uh, we have some some old old friends uh, joining us today. So it should be a very fun pod. Um, let's bring on uh, the OG. He named the podcast uh, one of my best friends in life. Uh, we we started this podcast when we uh, got Kyle Lowry uh, in our. Um, storage unit of a job. We were running around screaming, we got our billups um, uh, what, nine years ago, something like that. Um, uh, he's a lawyer now, so maybe, you know, he'll be a bit more litigious, but uh, he's done the pod since he's been a lawyer. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Kevin Douse. Hey. Uh, I don't have any fun anymore because I'm a lawyer now. This would be serious. <laughs> Oh, good, good. Stay I good. also like in that intro, it sounded like we've been doing this since we got Lowry in our storage locker. Like, we were really <laughs> up to no good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, it was pretty convoluted. Um, how you doing, man? I'm uh, good. I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I am good. You're looking good. Thanks, man. A nice setup, Likewise. may I say. Oh, thank you. You know, we like to keep it cozy around here. Nice winter day. I took a walk out in the snow, and it was, you know, it's it's for the first snowfall, so it was it was a little bit magical instead of annoying. But like it, all, it's already worn off as I'm sitting here and looking outside. Yeah. Um, so thank God for basketball season. Thank God for basketball season. Um, let's uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, you know, very special friend of the pod. Uh, he's done it a million times. Uh, he's hilarious. He's an amazing producer, an amazing improviser, uh, just uh, an excellent basketball mind. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt McCready. Outside is frightful, but the pod is so delightful. Excited to be on the radio with Freddie Rebus and Kevin. <laughs> um, sick, yeah. Uh, I like the way you said Kevin there. It was yeah. like a, a very <laughs> SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Kevin Dows. <laughs> there you go. Um, Guys, I love you both. Let's start talking uh, about Raptors uh, immediately. Maddie, uh, I believe all your stings are Weird Al based now. So please give me your weirdest Weird Al Raptors sting. Hey, Bobby Webster. Oh. <laughs> I, can't, I can't know if that was new or if there was just more lag. <laughs> Um, ready <laughs> don't forget trust in Masai. right that's a new one <laughs> trust in Masai. um it feels weirder every time i hear it Masai. oh man it's yeah it's creepy almost um <laughs> let's uh let's start with you kevin um so, you know, I had sort of a similar question last pod, but, you know, I think it's, it's a really interesting time of the season. Um, it will be one that, you know, it, it might be forgotten by the end. Um, but uh, Pascal out after he was playing so well is huge. And then obviously, you know, in, in the last little while, uh, Fred's out. Precious is out for a long period of time. Um, I mean, you know, it's crazy. Uh, Gary's out now. Coloco got like a hip pointer. Otto dislocated his toe. But, you know, I kind of want to focus on um, not the guys with uh, who, who are sort of like nursing, you know, like they're, they're a bit beaten up because we've heard stuff about Scotty's ankle too. Um, so I'm curious who in your mind has is underwhelmed and who in your mind has really brought it in this six game stretch since Pascal got injured in Dallas. Um, like, so who have the non, yeah, non injured guys. Cause you know, I think Fred obviously is injured and um, precious as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the guy who's brought it the most and it's been all season is OG. It's like, uh, I know you and I talked a bunch about, you know, is he going to make a leap on offense this year? Like he's going to, is he going to do a little bit more? He's going to handle a little bit more, shoot more, but the leap has been incredibly on defense. It's just like, he's playing in a whole other stratosphere right now. He's obviously like, he's doing the the stat things like steals and blocks and, and he's getting a lot of notice for that, but it's also just the way he kind of is so essential to the nurse defense where he's like, okay, you need me to like play on ball, but you need me to blow up this pass, but you need me to be in the post and I'm smart enough to kind of do whatever and good enough that I can gamble. So it's like, 
it's a really he's kind of been everywhere and i think he's been keeping us afloat in a lot of games where our offense has gone to hell because we don't have pascal mm-hmm. um and obviously the whole team does that but i think you need like it works even better obviously with pascal on the floor but you need people like that who can just kind of do everything to run an offense or run a defense that's so wacky <laughs> and yeah. like chaotic um in terms of underwhelming i think like I, I think it has to be Scotty, but I don't mean that in the way that I feel like a lot of maybe Raptors Twitter and maybe certain media people are talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely an overreaction to like, I think he's having a bit of a slump and I think he's sort of like by definition underwhelmed because he instantly has more responsibility with Pascal out. Um, but that said, I'm still far from panicked. I think he's figuring it all out. I think he's probably playing a bit hurt, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, it's just not really going for him right now. He looks a little out of sorts, um, whether he's playing hurt or whether he's like not having fun right now because he's just like getting a bit beat up. Um, but he looks a bit out of sorts. His, he's getting he's getting like really exploited at the point of attack a lot, which is always kind of been we asked him a little to do a little too much there when he's like guarding guards you know he's he's a big basically he's not gonna Mm -hmm. be elite at guarding a guard at the point of attack so i think that's kind of like setting him up for a less successful thing um but yeah in a nutshell scotty unfortunately but i'm rooting for him he'll be fine yeah you know good good points all around just uh on og i think man it has been a major leap and you know I, i remember not so long ago kind of debating whether I thought OG or Pascal was the best defender on the team. Um, And, you know, obviously Precious has this, like, he he was kind of coming on strong, like last year and even the beginning of this year defensively. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, he's definitively the best defender. You know, even that year, um, the the year where uh, we headed into the bubble, and uh, there was, like, you know, the Raptors were a really good defensive unit, and... I remember Zach Lowe and others saying like the whole team's so good on defense that we can't give it to any particular person. Um, I feel like the so narrative have to give it to Marcus smart. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So no, <laughs> no Raptor got it. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, this year I feel like it's going to be, you know, he's, he's really jumped out in front of everybody else defensively. So, you know, OG's a good pick and, you know, to your Scotty point, like that's not who I pick, but I, you know, I, I totally understand it. Also back to that, um, you know, the year, uh, actually the Tampa year, I think you saw Pascal struggle with defenses quite a bit and that, you know, the defenses scouted him and, you know, he kind of couldn't shift them around. Um, whereas, you know, Scotty, I think that's happening. The book is out on him a little bit. Um, you know, his hot shooting start has faded a little bit. But I also optimistically, I feel like this is good reps for him. And he has that kind of like laser court vision and the dribbles that I do feel like he's going to, you know, the next, whenever he overcomes this, whatever he's in, is going to be pretty special. Um, So, you know, I'm not saying, I don't think you're worried about him either. But yeah, I think his, what he's going through is very visible. I feel like, you know, when someone is kind of classified as like a phenom, there's exact, there's this expectation that they're going to just be making quantum leaps, yeah. You know, every five seconds, and yeah. it's, it's not really fair. But um, yeah, where where are you at, uh, McCready? As far as uh, you know, who's kind of like yeah, who's underwhelming you a little bit, and and who do you think has um, 
yeah, I guess like, you know, really kind of filled the or partially filled the, the Pascal void. Uh, you know, let's start with uh, overwhelmed me first. Who have I been yeah. overwhelmed with? The cup filleth over with these players. Uh, I got a uh, so I love Banton and Dowden playing together. I love the sheer size of that backcourt. I think it complements. I love the speed of that backcourt. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, we there's great shooting with Gary and Fred, but it's also kind of under the radar that the Raptors might have like the least athletic backcourt in all the NBA uh, mm-hmm. between the two of those guys. They're not. They're not overly fast. Um, they're not overly big uh so to have yep. banton and Downton in there just pushing the pace with those other athletes like i'd love to see them with precious you know if, when he gets healthy mm-hmm. um just running amok so i thought the two of them especially in that game uh against uh detroit were uh fucking great um underwell yeah. um i'm just gonna read awesome. the oh i'm so sorry Do I, I no no I, I i just yeah that they were awesome in that game yeah no they were so great um yeah, I, I also just think Barnes is injured. He just looks hobbling yeah. out there to me. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. not super low on Barnes yet. Um, I'm just going to read you the, uh, the on-off uh, per, per one, uh, 100% uh, possession numbers for the Raptors starters. So you got OG at plus 12, which is amazing. You've got Siakam at plus 11.2, which is also really good. You've got Barnes at plus 9.7, which is really good. Then you got uh, uh, Fred at plus 0.8. And then you've got G- Gary at negative 12. Um, so we've got, I, I think like the person who kind of underwhelmed me the most, uh, is, this is no surprise to Freddie, who knows that I kind of really dislike uh, uh, Gary's game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just don't really, uh, I don't really know what he does. He's given us 16, one and one. Uh, with <laughs> mediocre uh, efficiency, so yeah, I just um, to me to me the Raptors need a guard because we have so many forwards. You need a guard who kind of like can play like a guard a little bit. Whereas I don't know if Gary has like the uh, passing or like the ability to put too much pressure on the basket to really give us what we need there. I don't I, I don't mind him at all as like a a guy who spreads the floor with um, mm-hmm. three-point shooting and it's kind of like a catch-and-shoot type of guy. I think he's got some value there, and he competes on defense. He's not like a terrible player, but it just seems like uh, he's been a tough fit so far this year. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, to, to your I, I, interesting point about Doughton and, um, De, and and Delano, I'm going to go back to that in a second because I feel like this is our first glimpse of, uh, of Doughton with the, you know, with the big squad. He's obviously been doing well with the 905. I think a lot of writers, a lot of uh, folks, you know, he, he's he's catch, you know, he's catching a lot of people's eye because he's really he has a nice mix of skills and, and you know, quite a bit of composure, I think, for, um, you know, where he's at. He's also not in the like uh, he's not totally unproven. He's played for NBA teams already. Um, and done pretty good. And he crushed the G League last year, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. He, like, um, you know, I think there was even some talk in training camp of him, his two-way contract being converted. Um, I also think, you know, it's telling to me anyways that uh, Champagne was kind of sent to the G League. I mean, it could be positionally. Sent to the G League and and Doughton was brought up, right? You you know, might think that Champagne is the guy who's like, okay, well, he's going to get some major minutes here. Um, so that's a big nod, I think, from Nurse for Doughton. But um, 
you know, to your, to your well, he Gary brought him point. in the last minute of the game to uh, guard Ivy down the stretch, mm-hmm. which is like mm-hmm. pretty unheard he, of yeah. to just the defensive. And he blocked him. He did a great he job. Blocked him. It was it was a it was a major major clutch play there. You know, I think I think Doughton is definitely like he looks like he's up for the challenge. Um, you know, even the way that he was like you know cutting with Thad there um, was was really good stuff. Uh, but yeah, to your to your Gary point. I, I, you know, I was sort of uh, thinking that we'd, we'd have uh, one of you would pick Scotty, one of you would pick Gary. Um, so I kind of like mine's a little bit of a reach. Um, but oh, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it nurse. I, it's nurse. No, um, no. But I do think that Gary is struggling. And I think that, um, you know, watching him work so well off of Pascal you know, uh, the whole summer I was kind of like uh, I was in the camp of like having him as a starter. And part of the reason there is I think he's a great he's you know, if if, if you have someone on the court that's drawing a bunch of attention, uh, you know, he can drain shots. And I think when he doesn't ha- when he has to create, you know, is not doing catch and shoot stuff. Or he, you know, or Barnes, for instance, like, you know, there's that play that kind of went viral where Barnes is not moving the defense at all and he just whips it at Gary's legs, goes out of bounds. <laughs> and, then, and then Barnes is like, what the hell, man? And I think there's a, a big difference between what Fred and Pascal can do to the defense. Um, and yeah, you're seeing Gary kind of, look at he's the fourth highest paid player in the team. You would kind of think that maybe with these guys out, it's like, okay, Gary's going to score 35 or 40 or something. And, Obviously, he had a hit pointer and didn't play last game, but he has not been doing that. So I think it's it's pretty fair to be underwhelmed by him right now. Um, but uh, yeah, mine again is a total reach. My underwhelmed player, and and go with me here for a second uh, <laughs> is right, Delano right. Band. What? So check it out. <laughs> what a dork! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I know, right? But basically, watching him last game in Detroit. That's sort of what I didn't think. I don't think he's going to be putting up those kind of numbers, but I think he's looked really bad up until that game. Kind of. I don't think he's done much. I think he's looked sort of out of sorts. He's struggling with the, you know, the, the starters he's struggling. You know, he's got a lot of chances as well. Like I feel like Malachi's actually outperformed him, but then, you know, we saw last game. It's like, wait a second, this guy can, can, not only compete at this level, he can kind of take over. Like in the summer, I was so high on Banton that I felt like he might push his way into being like the seventh man or the eighth man and like be a key ingredient of this team. And he's kind of like fallen by the wayside a bit. And and I feel like, you know, this might be, you know, it was clearly the Banton game. So I'm really curious to see what he does after this. And if he's kind of like, you know, yeah, how he does when more starters come back, how he does with Fred. Um, you know, yeah, that's why I said it was interesting with your your Doughton Delano thing, because maybe it, maybe it's a size thing. Maybe he needs uh, – I even feel like he's looked okay with playing with Malachi. It's almost like the, the shared duty of bringing up the ball kind of frees him up a bit. Because, yeah, he had a couple plays against Indiana where it seems like he couldn't even dribble on guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyways, yeah. Obviously, that is a dork um, take, but I, I just, I was, I, I think I'm scaling back because I'm, I was so high on him. And then I'm kind of like confused by why he hasn't been doing more on a regular basis. And then, yeah, seeing him break out is kind of like, oh, wait a second. This guy is really good. Um, and maybe it's just the, the thing of he's young and there's a pendulum there. 
Mm-hmm. I think um, he, has, I, he gets a lot of cough. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think we need to like make a commitment at some point to lose some regular season games to just like play our bench more. Period. I totally like, just agree, just yeah. let yeah. just let them figure some shit out because it's. I get. I like. I agree with you that he's looked pretty rough, but he's also looked pretty rough in like seven minutes a game, which is not enough. And you know, yeah, being, being like, I feel like Nurse does this thing where he ices a guy out, and and the guy doesn't and play I think, the whole first yeah, half. Then he goes half in. Of, like, half of your mind is also thinking about that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think Delano's also a guy who does really well when he has the ball. And so, like earlier in the season, when you know you got Siakam and you got all these guys, he's just not going to have the ball as much. Whereas mm-hmm. um, in the Detroit game, he had confidence. Like he was pulling up for threes in a way that he I've never seen him do before at the NBA level at the very least. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, I think there was a couple nice plays where um, he was hitting some catch and shoots. Like mm-hmm. people were finding mm-hmm. him. Yep. And so I think, you know, once he adds the catch, you know, the, the, the catch and shoot three, I think really Delano. Yeah. It won't even be like, is he a point guard? Is he shooting guard? It would just be like, man, this guy's awesome. And he can do a lot of things out there. And cause I think his baseline is that he's like pretty amazing on defense. Right. So, um, and yeah, my, my guy for, you know, someone who I feel like has been, just bringing it the whole season uh, is Boucher. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, oh, yeah. he, he was injured, whatever, so the awesome. first couple games. And then he just really has settled into his role on the team. And it seems like win or loss, he has totally found his rhythm as an NBA, you know, uh, bench guy. And really, um, yeah, like, what you know, his he's not so reliant on the shot, but he can still hit it. Uh, he can crash the boards. Um, I mean, in that Detroit game, you know, obviously it was the Banton game, but he was doing some like mid range stuff. Like he really looked comfortable in that game. Um, so yeah, but Boucher is my kind of like, uh, you know, especially since Pascal went down, I've been really, really impressed with him. Um, yeah, he's a finisher, man. And this team needs finishers, you know, big time, big time. Um, okay. McCready, let's go to you. Uh, sure. So, um, Dan Gallia, who we all know, friend of the pod, uh, I was talking with him the other day. And, you know, I, I've sort of complained about this defense uh, a bunch over the years, um, <laughs> just in terms of like, I think that if you have a really composed team, like say Boston, um, you know, you, all, all you got to do is pump fake these guys a little bit. They'll fly by you. And if you're, you know, tripling, double teaming DeRozan or Luca or whatever, if the team's relaxed, uh, the role players know they have to shoot when they get an opportunity and, you know, you can kind of smoke these Raptors and, and use their aggression against them. Uh, so there's that. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not the only person who says that, but Dan was bringing up, like, he was just wondering, um, and, you know, I don't know the analytics behind this. Uh, and I was talking a little bit about this on, on the buckets and teapod. Um, but yeah, like, do you think that this overly aggressive swarming defense you know, is there more of a downside to it than we might realize as far as like fatigue and injury? Like are the, you know, if, if OG is playing 34 minutes a game, let's say in this defense, is that more strenuous than other defenses? Um, are guys going to get injured more? They're going to roll their ankles more uh, for trying to do offensive rebounds all the time. It's not so much the defense, but this is expecting this type of aggression. Like, do you think there's more of a downside to it than maybe, uh, us Raptors fans are realizing. 
Oh, yeah, I've been saying that for two years now. But the the defense that they play takes a ton of effort. Like, that's the, you know, Otto Porter, when he joined the team, his number one thing that he said was, like, I've never seen people play this hard. So, I mean, the defense, yeah, and I mean, if you're playing that hard, if you're flying around that much, you're more likely to get injured, you know? I do think that, like, I think that's a reason why the Raptors offense is often very isolation based is because when someone's doing isolation, the other guys get to rest a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like there's just a chance to kind of have a little bit of, of a blow when you're on the court. Uh, yeah. I don't under, I don't understand the system too much because if you have a team that's playing this hard and you have an, uh, a roster that is only players that are considered above average to great defenders, why isn't this offense like the best offense or why isn't this defense the best defense in the league? Like, why do we have all these all NBA type of defenders? And then we're like, Oh, we're the ninth best offense. You know, who's better golden state. And they have like uh pool and Curry that they're the other teams can scheme against, you know, like I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't understand it totally. Yeah. You know, and I think me and you have also talked about before um, like what, you know, yeah, I mean, we've, we mean you have complained to each other, you know, uh, so often about minutes, right? And it, it's all yeah. also baffling to me that if you've decided to play this like intense defense and then also not spread the minutes around, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, it makes me think like, are, you know, should Raptors fans be ex- expected to be even relatively healthy come playoff time? Or no. is, is that, is this actually a, <laughs> yeah, he exactly like, is this a, no way. Of, Right. You know, yeah, we play uh, playoff style basketball all year round, which is why the entire team is injured two weeks into the season. It's nuts. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. sorry. No, I mean, um, just just before I go to you, Kev, uh, do you is there like an obvious remedy as uh, a more drop down defense? McCready, is it like I think we OK, I think the minutes. Right. You know, that's one. Right. But like, is there another obvious thing? Um, that 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 you feel like is sort of low hanging fruit that the team should pivot to. Not saying they will, but yeah, I, I don't. I honestly don't view my basketball mind as that evolved on the coaching style to truly have the answers for that. I just assume mm-hmm. that the answers are out there. That those types of. I mean, let's be let's be very frank. That Nick Nurse knows more about basketball than the three of us combined <laughs> uh, times like a hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's uh, obviously a genius when it comes to that kind of stuff. I just wonder if the route that he's gone down is the most effective use of the talent that the team has. Um, but definitely minutes yeah. something. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna if one team's gonna be, you know, having drop coverage and they're playing a third like three quarters of the as many minutes as the other team and you're doing eighty two games, it just seems like you aren't respecting the difficulty of the NBA season enough and you are taxing your players too much. And as a result, Fred's not the same at the end of last year. Pascal's getting these injuries that kind of are the result of just playing too much and bodily exhaustion. Like, yeah. 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 No, um, let's, uh, let's go to you, Kev. Like where, where are you at on this sort of like overly aggressive defense? Do you think, I mean, yeah, there's like a yes and no part of this question. Like if you do think it's uh you know, sort of detrimental to the team and uh, as far as fatigue and injuries, like, yeah, what's your, what's your take on that? Where do you, like, you know, is there, is there a greater goal that maybe we're missing? Like, you know, going back to nurse being so much smarter than us. 
Yeah. So I think, I mean, for sure, like, I think it's clearly been an issue the last couple of years. Like we haven't had a healthy playoffs in a while. Um, the time that we did, you know, we load managed Kawhi Leonard for <laughs> like he played 60 games. Um, but I, so I think, I think, yeah, I think like I'm sort of on the fence about fatigue generally because these are elite athletes. They can put these minutes in like they are built for it. But I think it's just an odds situation where the more time you're on the court and the harder you're going, like then combine that with even any amount of fatigue, you just increase your chances of something happening. You know, you, you misplace a foot, you, your, your muscles aren't firing as much as they should to support whatever like ankle or knee is turning in which direction. So I think, I think it is just one of those things. And I think, I think the simplest solution is like, look at our bench this year. Why don't we just have a bench mob? Um, and like, if we're playing this hard, if we're playing to win every single game, which I get that is the point of professional sports is you want to mm-hmm. win every game, but it's like, I think we just need to prioritize which games. I think we need to pick some games where it's like, you know what, let's just like not try so hard this game. Or we need to take, as I was saying before, like take those, take those minutes to give our bench more time to gel and figure it out and like implement stuff you want to do in game. Cause in game is different than in practice. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I agree wholeheartedly with Matt that like they definitely know more than we do about this. So there's like, there's a reason behind their decision-making. It's not just stubbornness. I don't think. Um, and I would bet that if you looked at analytics that like, and I've, you know, you've seen this in a couple games already this season where it's like, even in games where we're just not scoring, we can take an entire quarter or two where they, score like 10 points a quarter and shoot 30%. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's, if we can do that more often than not, and more often than other teams, then, you know, it definitely increases our chance to just like win dirty games. Um, and that's a great thing to have in the playoffs if everyone is healthy. Um, so I think, I think there's probably some sense to it in that like it'll just win out more than it won't. But I think that requires health, which we obviously haven't been having. Yeah, the 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 one sort of like, you know, back to the kind of the the, the nurse idea, you know, the team knowing more than we do. Um, the one person I keep reflecting on when I'm thinking about this is Chris Boucher, because, you know, I remember in the um, in what ended up becoming the bubble year, he was sort of like, you know, if he made a mistake, he was pulled off. Uh, he didn't get any chance to contribute to the Toronto Boston series. Um and it, it just, yeah, it's like nurse didn't trust him. And um, now looking at Chris Boucher now is kind of like, man, he really is confident and contributing in, in every way. So, I mean, is that the sort of thing that we're, you know, hoping, you know, Precious Delano, Malachi, Coloco, whatever it might be, like, is that where we're headed? Um yeah, that's just. I mean, it's kind of an open question, so I, and I don't that's really like a know. Years long process. You, you, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just not about this year. Um, you know, even Masai came out last year, uh, sort of, and commented on on the heavy minutes, and was pretty openly or pretty open about like this not being a year where we think we're going to win the championship, and trying to see how good our starters could be. Um, so, in in a sense, that the playoffs, you know, when 
when it got to the Philly series, we were all hyped, but we were so injured. You know, yeah, maybe Messiah and Nurse, like they they were aware that we kind of punted that part of the season. Hmm. Um, maybe not, you know, maybe there's some unluck there as well. Like obviously Gary got like the flu or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a, you know, should be an interesting thing to watch. I, I hope for the the sake of injuries that we do, you know, mitigate that a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, let's move on to some NBA stuff. Freddie, can I throw you one question? Yes, please. Uh, this could go to Kevin too, but, and I'm not saying they should do this, but if the Raptors fired Nick Nurse, who would be your dream guy to take over? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, dream guy to take over. You can say Red Auerbach back from the <laughs> dead. <laughs> well, Red Auerbach then. Um, Got to be my guy. Um, get the ball. Um, <laughs> Just get the ball. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, off the uh, off the top of my head, I think I might it might might be one of those scenarios where I have a better guy in mind post podcast but I, i'm gonna say i, I think i say ty Lu. um oh cool you know i didn't even think about just grabbing guys from other teams that's mm-hmm. a, yeah that's so if it's choice. a coach that's like yeah if it's not a current coach i'm a i'm a bit more lost because like all i can think of is uh yeah kind of like famous coaches i'm trying to think of who maybe has been like fired in recent right. years quinn snyder yeah. might be somebody Qu- you know. yeah quinn yeah. snyder yeah. an interesting one if, if we could grab anyone, I'd probably grab Spolstra, you know? Yeah. That, yes. that guy can develop, develop a bench. Maybe um, maybe Becky Hammond. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Trying to think. Uh, yeah, Kevin, is there a guy that comes to your mind? For no, you? I was actually going to say Spolstra because I didn't know if, uh, if we could poach people. Um, so that was <laughs> yeah. the one that came to mind for me. <laughs> Great. We figured it out, Nick. You're fired and Eric Spolstra is the new coach. I want Spolstra. <laughs> I want Spo with Riley uh, breathing down his neck. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Spo like loses two games in a row. Riley comes in. Not in an office Ro- role. Just just like hanging out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want Riley in one of those gold Professor X chairs, too. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going on the sidelines. Yeah. If we could have it hover, too, that would be nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's got to hover. Okay. Um, Let's uh, let's talk some NBA. Uh, Maddie D, I'm going to have you come in here. But first, uh, give me yet another Weird Al NBA sting. This is Adam Silver. Huh? This is Adam Silver. Um, Maddie D, uh, please do join us. Hello. Hello. Um, uh, happy, happy to have you here to to lead the lead the silly question for us. Um, so I saw recently that the NBA TNT crew of uh, Chuck, Kenny, Ernie, and Shaq, uh, I think, have been you know renewed or whatever, and it made me think, you know, uh, what if there was a scenario where uh, it was a completely new crew, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, current players plus you know wild card for Ernie. Uh, who are your uh, who who are your replacements? Who are you going to bring in that's currently in the NBA? And then yeah, wild card for Ernie. Okay, I put some thought into this. I, yeah, okay. this is a Maddie. This is a Maddie D question. Uh, so the three guys that I think would work well together are all champions, and they all got oh. their own thing going. Uh, we've got Serge Ibaka, 
I okay. think he'd be great. He'd be a lot of fun. He's obviously going to do some weird stuff. He's going to bring the style. I want to bring in Clay Thompson. I think that when he was injured, he really showed his chops for broadcasting. And I think that they would, you know, he'd have good chemistry with Serge. And the third person uh, is KD. <laughs> and I, <laughs> nice. And I think KD, because he's so weird and he's going to kind of be the straight man most of the time. But I think it would be an interesting chemistry, these three guys, and them all being champions and everything as well. So they won't be able to throw that in each other's faces like Charles and Shaq do. But the the Ernie guy, I thought, I'll go also with the player. And I'm going to say our own little Fred Van Vliet. And I think he called him little. (laughs) Yeah. In comparison, (laughs) I just say little guy because he's he's six one. He's taller than me. But he, you know, his point guard game is going to continue into his post playing career. And I think he'll be able to quarterback those three and, and, you know, keep the whole show together. And the one thing that they can tease him about is the fact that he's the only undrafted player. So, yeah, there'll be some great yeah. jokes about that. But th- those are my picks for, for the new cast of TNT. That's great. Um, I'm, I'm really happy you factored in teasing. That was a big part of mine. <laughs> Isn't um, that all they do? Honestly, it was. Like, <laughs> Every time I see a clip of it, all they do is tease each other. Yeah, they tease the shit out of each other. It's good times. Um, okay, let me go to you, um, McCready. Uh, who is your crew uh, of, M- of three NBA guys plus a wild card Ernie? So I misunderstood the question, even though uh, off the top, uh, Freddie asked, did you understand the questions? And I was like, this is so easy. I got it, man. So I didn't, I, I, I didn't know it was had to be uh, current players. Well, uh, it, so, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so I feel like the format that they have is so good that I'm just going to pivot in the absolute opposite way and try to have like the worst show imaginable <laughs> sure so sure. the framing of the um so first of all the three people are uh, mugsy bogues uh jeff Doughton, and boban marjanovic <laughs> and cool. yeah natural terrible way at height wise <laughs> oh that's the point so everyone watches things on their phones right so the, the way that they're sitting together is one sitting in front of the or standing in front of the other. Um, they, don't, they don't look at each other except the back of their heads, except for Muggsy. He's looking straight into the camera. Um, they never interact with each other. There's not allowed to. to st- they're not allowed to ask each other questions. They each prepare a monologue um, that can or can't be about basketball. It's up to them. They all wear a, a black turtleneck and they have white gloves uh, and they have to hold like a big microphone. Like a like a really awkwardly sized microphone, uh, and sometimes it interrupts the game. Uh, I love it. Wait, but do you have an Ernie? Oh yeah, I forgot about the Ernie completely. Um, the Ernie is Pat Riley and a Professor X chair, and he's circling them the entire time, yelling profanities. Good, good. Oh yeah, my no, god! I'm, I'm glad that like uh, the floating chair made it back. Um, <laughs> Me too. Okay, this is good. This is good. That one, um, also, small tidbit. I mean, a lot of funny stuff there, but I like that it interrupts games. Like, they can't wrap it up. <laughs> no, they just come in. They come in at random points uh, to talk about poetry, what they've done yeah. in their day. Yeah. Good. Um, good. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm into it. Um, Kevin, what's up? Who are your, your four people? 
Wow. So, I mean, I had a lot less fun with this. Uh, <laughs> than <Matt did. laughs> um, so I also, uh, ironically misunderstood the assignment. So I, I didn't think I, I only did the three NBA players. I didn't think I had for an Ernie. So I'm going to do that on the fly at the end and we'll see who comes out of my brain. Sure. Um, so I think, I think for, for the Shaq role, I'm going to go with, uh, with Steven Adams. Um, oh, yeah. you know, he's, he's displayed that he could be quite funny. Yeah. Um, he's pretty mellow. He's very hard to understand. Uh, so I feel like this is like a pretty good transition from Shaq. I think you need that. <laughs> I think you need that side of the desk where you're like, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, I don't get, didn't get all that, but that's fine. You seem charming. Um, <laughs> I think in the Barkley role, we've got Jimmy Butler, uh, great okay. interview, great talker. Uh, loudmouth for sure. Won't always agree with him. Um, gives you the impression that he's capable of learning, though, um, which is nice. And uh, and he's also really funny. And I think that'll I think that'll add up to uh, to a good part of the panel. Um, in the Kenny role, I think you've got CP3. Um, I think I nice. think Chris Paul will be absolutely competitive enough to race everyone to the big board. <laughs> um, I think he's like not that interesting, which is what you what you need from your from your Kenny role. Um, plus he's, you know, he's a hall of fame guard. Was Kenny, is Kenny a hall of famer? I don't even know if he's just like in my brain as a hall of famer because he's a broadcaster, but yeah, uh, he's, I don't, he's one. I don't think he's uh, in the hall of fame. I don't think he ever made the all-star team. Right. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he was just like, I have him in my mind as like a championship right. guard, but he could have mm. just like, yeah, I've been a guy on the team in that regard. Mm. Um, okay. So then f- I feel like for, for Ernie, you need like, like, I feel like Trebek, Alex Trebek would almost be a good one, you know, uh, or maybe like Adam Sandler trying to play Alex Trebek. Uh, Sandler's a great choice. I, I like. I that. think Sandler would be so basketball. fun to her. Exactly. I think he'd be so into it. I'd just be worried that he like couldn't play it straight enough. But you've seen him. You've seen him go more subdued and things like uh, Spanglish and things like Spanglish. Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, what's the next question? Think of the worst movie you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is good. Good answers here. Um, here is mine uh, in, in the Shaq role. Um, we'll see if he wins any championships, uh, but I'm going with Joel Embiid. Oh, that's a good choice. Uh, I feel like he, you know, just is going to be max alpha all the time. Um, and sort of like as the other Barkley style alpha, I'm going with Kevin Garnett. Um, cause I switched my answer after I was like, you know what? I'm not doing current players. Um, I'm mixing it up here. <laughs> I just think Kevin Garnett and Embiid would have a lot of like, sort of like nice talking over each other moments. Yeah. There'd, there'd be pettiness. Um, for the Kenny Smith, uh, role, I'm going with Danny green. Uh, yeah. I think he would be, you know, very likable, humble, uh, also like a championship. So he could, all, you know, a championship guy. Um, and then for the Ernie, uh, I have two total wild cards. Uh, one as Nathan Fielder. Um, <laughs> I'd like to throw him in there. He's so unpleasant. Oh my god! See, you know what I mean? Just yeah. to, you're like, you're venturing into my show territory with that yes, choice, yeah. uh, Freddie. So a bit more standard and like this is le- this is like would try to keep things going more. I'm going to go Beto O'Rourke. Um, <laughs> wow. I feel like he would be like he'd try to like, oh, man, um, you know, keep it going. Stay positive. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe is- Ted Cruz as the guy, just so <laughs> just, Cruz, yeah. just just sunk on him the entire time. You know, we don't want to give that guy yeah. a platform. Yeah, that's true. No, no mic, no mic for Ted Cruz. He just sits there. <laughs> yeah, he's in a dunk tank. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I'm surprised no one said Draymond Green. Yeah, I was thinking Draymond Green, but I feel like he's angling for that so hard. I think so he's I'm, actually going to get it. Yeah. So it's yeah. To, so it's just not fun. Okay. For- Same with Dwayne Wade. I feel like is headed there uh, potentially. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's move on to the last question. Thank you, Matty D. Uh, and this one, you know, yeah, we were talking a little bit about uh, you know this part of the season before we started the pod, and um, you know, yeah, things are haven't quite settled in. Um, I think the East sort of looks like what a lot of people thought it would. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, everyone's excited for Wemby. Uh, everyone's excited for, for Scoot as well, who I think is, uh, you know, seems like an incredible prospect. I'm sure we'll learn about other uh, amazing prospects as well. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of talk uh, before the year started uh, as this being like a major, major tank year. Uh, and it was going to test the new rules, like the play in, it was going to test all that. Right. And, you know, even if you have the worst record, you know, it's still a kind of a percentage game, uh, but Utah's playing pretty good. Um, you know, the Spurs haven't fallen apart. Uh, the Pacers have some players. Uh, and then, you know, there are some predictable teams uh, doing poorly. The magic have, you know, uh, lost a bunch of games already. Houston's lost a, lost a, a bunch of games already. Um, but, you know, yeah, again, you know, Thunder look okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm curious. Let me start with you, Kevin. Um, give me the list of teams you think, you know, whether it's in a couple months or whatever, but the list of teams that uh, will be tanking, um, you know, sort of unambiguously by year's end. Um, yeah, I think, I think the obvious ones are like Houston, Detroit, Orlando, probably Charlotte. Um, right. They're just, yep. they're just sort of visibly not great. Um, I wouldn't be, I would be shocked just because it would be like, what is your plan here? Um, but I wouldn't be like the most shocked if OKC tried to trade Shea and like get more picks and tank more. Um, I would be shocked just because that would be like, okay, you just want to tank for like 10 straight years. Then I don't understand your plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that he's sort of like now talking about not enjoying being an OKC, like maybe that factors into it. I don't know. So maybe OKC, I think the Spurs are doing better than they will. I think they're going to like, right. Like they'll tank. They'll kind of strip it down as they go along. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to say the Jazz, and it's weird because they just look so fun. Like, they look good and fun. It doesn't look like sloppy accidental wins a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's early enough that maybe they still just go for it. The big one, the big question mark for me is whether they can even do anything about it, because I don't think they would choose it necessarily, is the Lakers. Right. Um they are well, just, they don't have their pick. Yeah. Right. The Pelicans so, have that, right? So they won't. They're like the one of the few teams in the league who are almost guaranteed not to tank. Do you think they trade like AD for someone in picks? But I mean, even then, you're not going to get a high enough pick for that. So, yeah, you're right. Um, well, there goes that idea. But they might just be bad anyway. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. Um, yeah. 
but no, I think, I think Houston and Detroit are like surefire going for the bottom of the league right now. And I think OKC and the Spurs are doing better than they will end up doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fair. I think yeah. it's, that's pretty close to what I have. I think I have a couple more teams. Um, what about you, uh, McCready? Who are the, uh, yeah, eventual kind of like outright tankers? Yeah. The interesting thing about the way that they changed the rules is that now there's less of a run to tank for the top and there's more of a run to tank for the seventh and eighth worst team in the league. Right. And that kind of tanking will kick in like a little bit later into the season uh, because there are better odds to move up. We saw that with the Raptors when they got Scotty Barnes. Uh, Yeah. yeah, An interesting one is Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Chicago, I think Chicago might be too good for this, but Chicago also owns their pick top four protected uh, to Orlando in the Vucevic debacle of a trade. Um, so who knows? They might just be like, well, let's just try to see if maybe we can hold on to this pick. It's so much more valuable to get a top four pick than to get absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if their team starts falling apart, if, you know, he's been so durable, but, you know, knock on wood, if DeRozan were to get injured or something, I'm not sure what this team kind of is. Um, so they're kind of a dark horse for me. I mean, other than that, I think the teams that you all mentioned make sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's so early. Like, be, because the teams that we're looking at are in that mill area, it's, I think they're kind of going to reveal themselves more as the season goes on, and health will be a big, uh, important factor for that, too. I mean, the Raptors are a possibility if Pascal's injury ends up lingering, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think I think you make a really good point about, um, you know, that mid-tier spot and you, the less of a goal to, like, be in the absolute basement and sort of this question of, like, do we want to be in the play-in or do we, you know, want to have a better shot at, at a good player, you know? Um, I don't know how – I'm not too um, – you know, I, I don't have the percentages like to memorize, so I don't really know what the odds of like, let's say, like a seventh or sixth or eighth place team yeah. uh, getting first or second. Like, I feel like that's probably still pretty low. So, I, I, again, though, you know, more prospects will emerge, and you know, I'll, like and like you said, health will really play in. Um, again, I, I think you guys also nailed most of the teams. Um, uh, McCready, I feel like you'll know this, but the the one team I want to throw in there. But again, I don't know if it's like they don't have their pick scenario. Um, do the Nets have their own pick? Uh, no, the Nets um, are swapping their pick um, with Houston. Oh, so with Houston, the Harden trade. Um, give me well, yeah, talk I'll, amongst uh, yourselves. I'll, 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 <laughs> give, I'll give you a sec. The other team I'm going to throw in there just because I, I don't think they have a very good team is the New York Knicks. Yeah, um, I think that they're they're going to struggle to be 500 or, you know, a game or two up. And they're a team where, <clears throat> um, you know, I think they've added some decent players. You know, I like Brunson. I uh, love Barrett. Um, and I think they have a lot of guys that are developing. But I'm curious to see where it goes w- with Thibodeau and if the kind of the New York sort of media is okay with being 10th or 9th again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could that, see I could see teams like in the last month being like, oh, we're going to be 10th. Let's be 11th then. 
Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, uh, uh, I think McCready brings up Chicago, right. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for that reason, you know, I could see uh, if Sacramento can't sort of separate themselves from the pack, maybe sack Sacramento yet yeah. again. Um, but uh, yeah, the West is weird. Uh, so that's sort of where this, this question starts for me. Um, maybe this is too much of a hot take, but I feel like there's still a chance Utah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, th- I think that's a very good chance. Like they could just lose 10 in a row. And yeah. Yeah. Or exactly like what, you know, what if they're doing well and then all of a sudden they trade like Jordan Clarkson. Right. Yeah. And then, then it's kind of like, Oh, wait a second there. Yeah. They're really not interested in this nucleus of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have the advantage of being one of those bad teams off the top of the season where like, Teams wander in and be like, ah, we don't need to play too hard against yes. Utah. Yeah. And at halftime, be like, ah, we got this one in the bag. They're going to throw it away. So less of that now. That's a great point. You know, I think the, like the, you know, we've talked a little bit about like scouting for guys like Scotty and, you know, just players in, around the league and sort of how they develop. I think that really happens for teams too, right? Like, you know, teams know not to underestimate Utah anymore. Um, and Bede certainly went in there being like, I'm not going to underestimate Utah and they don't have anyone who can handle me. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, guys, this is, uh, this is it for the pod. Uh, we made it. Oh wait, McCready, did you find the, the Nets answer? They, it's kind of confusing, but they definitely don't control their pick this year. Okay. Right. So, so the Nets are not interested in, in tanking. But it, it, I think it might, I think, so I think they have an off. Uh, they have an option to, or Houston can swap with them, but Houston's probably going to end up being worse. But then also that pick they swap could also be picked up by Philadelphia, and it's Phil, and it, but it's the Nets' option if they want to give it this year or next year. Okay. Damn, that is confusing. Um, I think that's what it is. I don't know. I, I was I reading it because I was trying to listen to you do as well. So. I yeah, don't know. No You're the lawyer, Kevin. You figure it out. You know? nah. <laughs> um, yeah, Ke- Kevin, please sue McCready if he's wrong. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> okay guys, that, that's it for the pod. Thank you so much, both. Um, this was a fun one. Uh, we got to mess around a little bit. And uh, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. It's a, it's a cool time of the season. But uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to bring in Maddie D. And let me jump to you first, Kevin. Um, is there anything going on you, want, you feel like you want to plug uh, or anything you want to? tell people um i mean i'll plug uh this guy matt mccready runs one of the most fun events in town uh actually he runs several of the most fun events in town but one of them is the world's biggest improv tournament so gonna be doing that in january um and uh i mean you should just go follow matt mccready on twitter because i think he's a great producer and he does a lot of fun stuff so there you go that's my plug I agree, oh. and I, I'm happy you said that because mm. uh, no spoilers. I have a feeling McCready won't plug himself. Mm. Um, McCready, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 the worst setup ever. But what would you like to plug? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Freddie, you know what? Because I'm going to prove you wrong because I am plugging something, and it's even further away than the improv tournament. I am uh, like to announce here for the very first time doing the 2023. Toronto Fringe Kids. I am acting in a play <laughs> called The Grampy Bears. Uh, <laughs> Grampy Bears getting even older. A bunch. It's about about a bunch of grandpa bears. <laughs> uh, and they are uh, they're they're complaining 
about how old they are to a sure. bunch of children. It runs an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> there's no intermission and there's no audience participation. If, you cry, if your child makes one noise, the grampy bears will storm the crowd. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we learned about reading. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I'm picturing actual bears storming the crowd. Um, this is good. Uh, Maddie D, what's up? Uh, you know, what, what do you want to let people know about the pod, uh, about Raptors Republic? <clears throat> yeah, thanks for listening. If you're watching on YouTube and you want to listen to the full episode, please go to your favorite podcatcher and subscribe there. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on everything. Subscribe to the Rapcast. If you can, you can also go to RaptorsRepublic.com and you can listen to us there and our own website, dunkspodcast.com. Why don't you check that out? Why not? Now, as we've said every week, there is a paywall going up for the premium content on Raptors Republic. Six bucks a month. They've also got another plan right now that's like a dollar for a three-day pass. So you can, if you just want to test it out, if you're kind of new to Raptors Republic, then you can, you know, give her a dollar tester. So that is something that we're, I guess we're, there, there's also a live show coming up. I forgot to add the graphic for it, but it is coming up in the, the end of November, I believe. Is that right? Do you know? Yeah, that? I think yeah. it's November 29th. November 29th at the Rivoli. So go to raptorsrepublic.com there and you can figure out when we can get you some tickets. You can have a good time. There's a, a great lineup of people to that are going to be uh, doing a live podcast and a Q&A, I believe. So yeah, anyway. the Grampy Bears are on that one, right? Grampy Bears, mm-hmm. special guest. Wasn't supposed to say that, Kev, but... Sorry. Well, that's <laughs> fine. <is> spoiled now. <laughs> um, well, everyone, thank you so much. Uh, everyone that's been listening, supporting, helping us grow. Thank you very much. Uh, and Maddie D, if you feel like we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. 